While others are gathering with us, let's turn to the little hymn, oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and sleepless night, the silent stars go by. Remaining seated while we sing these opening hymns, please. Joyfully triumphant to Bethlehem, hasten now with glad accord. <clears throat>
sent from the Father above, Jesus Christ the Saviour was born, marvellous gift of God's love. <clears throat>
tonight is the hymn number 81 sin. Royal David City stood a lowly cattle shed where a mother laid her baby in a manger for his bed. Let's all stand, make this our opening hymn. Let's continue that good singing. Let's sing our very best, please. <laughs>
that final verse again, not in that poor lowly stable of the oxen standing by, but we shall see him but in heaven, set at God's right hand on how you know he's coming again. He's not coming to a stable. He's not coming as a babe. He's coming in power and great glory. Are you ready for that day? We're going to sing this final verse. Remaining seated, we're going to ask the superintendent of our Sunday school, our brother Mr. Macaulay, to come and to lead us to the throne of grace in prayer, please. Let's sing this final verse. Remaining seated, thinking about these words, the coming of the Saviour. all pray. Our Heavenly Father and Eternal God, we bow humbly and reverently in thy presence tonight at the very commencement of our special gospel evening service. No, Lord, as we've been singing tonight, we are reminded of the time so many years ago when you came into this world to be our Savior. No, Lord, we thank you for this time of year when our thoughts are drawn towards the incarnation of our Saviour and our Lord. We thank you that you came into this world to die for our sins. But, O oh Lord, this hymn that we've been singing, this final verse, reminds us that one day you're coming back again. But, O oh Lord, how we look forward to that day when you will return in all your glory to take home to heaven those who know and trust thee. O oh Lord, as we gather together tonight we thank you for each one that has come we thank you for each person who has been able to make it to thy house tonight lord we thank you for so many here that do know and have trusted thee but lord there may be some in our midst and as yet they don't know thee as their savior and though lord we pray that tonight as the gospel goes forth in all its clearness and all its fullness oh lord they might come and Know thee, not just as the baby in the manger at Bethlehem, but know thee as their own and personal Saviour. Lord, we pray that you will bless each part of our service tonight as we sing together as a congregation. Bless the hymns that we sing. May the words of those hymns and carols speak to our hearts. Though, Lord, we pray for those who will bring messages and song for the little ones and for the choir. Lord, we pray that thou wilt bless there also. But we pray especially when it comes to the preaching of thy precious word. Oh Lord, we pray that we will know a real sense of thy presence amongst us, that there will be a stillness. And Lord, we will hear thee speak to each of our hearts. Lord, we ask all these things in thy precious and thy holy name, for Jesus' sake. 
Amen. for leading us to the throne of grace in prayer and for all that you do in our Sunday school in leading that work amongst the boys and girls. I'm going to sing probably the most familiar Christmas carol, Christmas hymn at this time that the boys and girls all know. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed, little Lord Jesus lay down his sweet hymn. We'll stand together while we sing this lovely hymn, please. As you know, at this time of the year, we have different uh, members of our congregation uh, taking part, reading scripture or singing in the choirs, and so we're just going to get into our program tonight, and we're going to ask Chloe McCauley to come and to read to us uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 26 to 31, and then after Chloe reads to us the Word of God, uh, the Christian School Choir is going to come and minister to us in song, please. Chloe, first of all, in the reading of God's Word, and may these verses never become familiar to us. May we ever remember that it is the inspired, infallible Word of God. Chloe. Um, tonight's first reading is found in Luke chapter 1, um, verses 26 to 31. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favoured. The Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, 
and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favour with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus.
Uh, just as the children are taking their place, thank you, Chloe, for reading, and thank you, children, for singing so well, sweetly and loudly, and everyone can hear. That was really beautiful. I want to make the announcements just now and um, get these done, and then we'll get back to the program. But we welcome you, and we welcome those that are on the internet tonight with us. And if you're here as a visitor, maybe uh, because of the school not taking part, or you've been invited a special welcome uh, to you tonight. Refreshments will be served, and we invite you to stay for a cup of tea. And there's plenty to eat. The tables are full, and there's more than enough to spare. The final Hebron Tots is tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Uh, so remember that and pray for the little ones as they come in. Tuesday, the school's ministry takes us to, to Dervik, to the William Pinkerton Memorial School, and that's at 9 o'clock. Thursday night <clears throat> is our midweek service. We are delighted, as we said this morning, to have Kirsty back with us, uh, having been away for her first term at Crown College, and Kirsty's going to give a report on this term. <coughs> we, we invite you to come. We'd love to see everybody, if possible, coming back on Thursday night uh, to hear the Lord's servant and how she's got on. On Saturday morning at 11 o'clock, we go for the open air, but it takes the form of our carol service in the center of the town. And again, we invite you to come as we stand and we sing some of the Christmas carols together and we have the preaching of God's Word. On the Lord's Day, we gather for prayer at 8 o'clock. The Sunday school meets at 10.30. The Bible class at a quarter to 11. And Mervyn is continuing with songs for the season, as we mentioned this morning. Worship service, 12 noon. We're dealing with the family of Jesus. And we will come to um, actually part 2B uh, that we didn't get finished this morning. Then in the afternoon, carol singing will take us to Knock and Lodge at 3 o'clock and the Covenanters Flats at 3.45. Now next Sunday night, big night, the Sunday before Christmas, is our carol service. That's at 7. And again, members of the church will be taking part. I'll be here, God willing, to preach. Supper will be served. And ladies, as you have helped out so well tonight, please help out next Sunday night with that uh, which is needed to eat. Just again to mention the Christmas dinners on the 20th of December. Um, there's maybe 160 names or so on the list. If you haven't got it on, please attend to that tonight. These are all the announcements that we need to make. Always thankful to Mr. Park for doing the announcements. None of our men always like to do the announcements, but there's one that I am going to make, and it is a blue sapphire diamond. So it wasn't Christine's, it was lost. A blue sapphire and diamond cluster ring was lost today somewhere under the chestnut tree. I couldn't even tell you where the chestnut tree is. It must be out here in the car park. And so if anyone has found that, could you please hand it in? don't be selling it over Christmas. Uh, someone has lost it, so we said we'd make that announcement. So now after the service, you can go, all, go out and look and see if you can find it. Delighted to have the Hebron Youth Choir, and we're going to ask them to come now and minister to us in song, please. The Hebron Youth Choir. Then after, the, just as they're coming up, come ahead. 
just as or after the Hebron Youth Choir, uh, Ben Gold will then come and read the Word of God, and Ben will read from Luke chapter 1, verses 34, 35, 46 to 53. Thank you. Our second scripture reading tonight is continuing in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, and we'll commence our reading at the verse number 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? 
And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And then down to verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. Amen. Thank you to the youth choir. Thank you to Ben for reading God's precious word. We're all going to take part in both giving and singing, and when we have our evening tithe and offerings, and we're going to sing the hymn number 84, Jesus, my Savior, to Bethlehem came, born in a manger to sorrow and shame. We'll remain seated for the opening verses of the hymn while the evening tithe and offering is lifted, please.
come from on high. tonight is he coming for you is he coming for you as your savior or is he coming as your judge oh i trust that tonight you'll make that calling election sure and that he'll come for you as your savior on that great and glorious day the hebron choir is going to come now and minister to us in song and after the choir sings to us Reverend Park will come and minister God for the Hebron choir.
Thank you to the Hebron Choir. Thank you to all who have taken part tonight. I can say, I'm sure, on behalf of all that are here, we've been blessed and we do appreciate the ministry in song and the reading of God's Word. And I'm just going to read my text. I'm coming back to the same passage of Scripture that we were in last Sunday night and a very similar theme as we think of our Savior coming into the world. And I'm going to read just the 11th verse. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Just take a moment, please, to still our hearts before the Lord. <coughs> our Father, we thank you for the incarnation of Christ, for the coming of the Son of God into the world at the appointed time. We thank you that though we can think about this all year round, especially at Christmas time, we can give emphasis, as many of the great preachers in the past did, to the fact that the Son of God came into this world, left the splendor of glory to dwell among sinful men. We thank you for this meeting, for all that has gone before, for the choirs that have sung, for the hard work that has gone into even bringing this all together, and we just pray that the Lord will be glorified and magnified. Just in these closing minutes as we come to your word, we pray for the Lord to draw graciously near, for the Spirit of God to, to instruct us in the things that we need to know. We pray particularly for those who do not know the Savior. You've brought them here for a purpose, and those that are joining us also on the internet. Lord, speak to them. Awaken them. May they come to know this wonderful Savior that we desire to preach upon tonight. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And in this verse, we, we have the birth of the wonderful Savior. And that really is the same. I'm going to talk to you tonight about the Savior who came and who came to put away our sin. We said to you last Sunday night that Christmas is a wonderful time of the year. And I want to continue with that theme, the great theme of Christmas, and that is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, sadly, as we pointed out last Sunday night, Christmas has lost its true meaning. And I don't mind all that goes with it, the festivities, the dinners that we enjoy, and, and all that aspect of it. But we need to keep our focus right and to remember what we are celebrating at this time of the year. And we've had wonderful meetings. We had a great meeting last Sunday night, and we had a great uh, school's carol service on Friday when this church was filled with children from the local schools coming in uh, to participate, to sing, and to listen to God's Word. And all that is part of what we do at this time of the year. And certainly the carol service is something that we will want to do in the coming days. But we want people to be able to say, that at Christmas time, Jesus came. We remember the incarnation. We remember that moment when God took upon himself human flesh, when he came into this world to, to seek and to save that which was lost. And so I want to emphasize again with you this evening the birth of our blessed Savior and come for a little time to this great announcement that the angel made for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ 
the Lord. This is the chapter that tells us how the birth of our gracious Savior was first announced to the children of men. And it was good news. The angel calls it good news. And there's not greater news than the fact that Jesus came. And of course, it was news of great joy. And there's not greater joy than to realize that God became man and dwelt among us. And it was a message to all people, not just the people that lived back in New Testament times, but for everyone. And that means it's a message for you tonight. The angel told of a baby that was born that very day in the city of Bethlehem. And this tiny little newborn baby was the Savior. I just want to think about that, try to process that. He was the one promised from ancient times, for he was Christ the Lord. The word Savior brings us to consider the great eternal purpose of God. What is the eternal purpose of God? Well, we have that eternal purpose in Christ. And that was to save the lost and the guilty souls of men. Makes me think about the angel's message to Joseph in Matthew 1, 21. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And the word Jesus, as you know, means Savior. He came to save his people from their sins. Now, we have sins, sins that we need to be saved from. And I wonder tonight, are you saved from your sins? Have your sins been put away? Do you really know the work of this Savior in your life? Because sin is a great enemy. It is sin that is destroying you. It is sin that will take you out into a lost eternity. It is sin that will bring you down to the sides of that awful place called hell. Are you saved tonight from your sins? Because this is what Jesus came to do. But I just want to quickly set some things before you tonight as we think of the Savior who saves. First of all, he's the Savior who saves from the penalty of sin. What sentence did God demand for sin? It was the sentence of death. Right from the beginning, Adam was warned that if he disobeyed the Lord, if he partook of the forbidden fruit, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And die he did. He died spiritually. He became liable to physical death, and he became liable to eternal death. And therefore, by one man, Paul reminds us, as he wrote to the church at Rome, sin came into the world, and death by sin, wherefore death passed upon all men. All the wages, the payment of sin is death. And that's eternal death. That's wrath and judgment and torment and suffering and darkness forevermore. And that's what I deserve because of my sin. That's the, that's the new choir. <laughs> uh, she doesn't know the words yet, but she'll, she'll get to know the words. But we're, we're dealing with something very serious here. I deserve the penalty of sin. I deserve to be lost forevermore. I deserve to go down to the sides of the pit. And my friend, so 
do you. But Jesus saves. He saves from this penalty. He paid the price for our redemption in full. He bore the punishment on our behalf. He, he stood in the sinner's stead. That means he took our place, became our substitute, represented us in every way when he came into this world, and therefore he is able to save. And he's able to save to the uttermost all that come. Praise God tonight, Jesus saves from the penalty of sin. Let me just put a little point in here. He saves from the pollution of sin. Because sin pollutes. It pollutes the heart. It contaminates the soul. It corrupts the mind. It perverts the taste. And if it was not for Christ's saving, keeping power, we would be swamped and polluted by sin again and again. The blood applied to our hearts each day by faith keeps us from the pollution of sin. Following on from that, the Savior saves from the practice of sin. He gives power and help to overcome Satan's temptations. We are not completely sinless yet, not until that great day when we go to heaven. We enter in beyond the veil. We stand in the immediate presence of our Savior. Not until that day will we be sinless. Yet the Lord, by His grace, He upholds us while we live on earth by divine might and power from practicing sin. It was John, the beloved disciple, who said, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. We flee from it. We shun it. We run from it. And Jesus Christ is the one that gives us victory. Again and again. When the woman of Samaria got saved, she did not return to the immoral practices that she had been engaged in as she lived there in the city of Sychar. When the little man Zacchaeus found the Lord, he didn't go back to the old ways of dishonesty and, and robbing his own people through taxes, taking more from them than what he should have. When Legion was delivered, he didn't go back to the old life that he lived, cutting himself, mutilating his body, living among the tombs, running about like a madman. No, he was brought to the feet of Jesus. In fact, he wanted to follow the Lord in the way, but Jesus told him, go home, and you, you tell everyone there, what great things the Lord has done for you. The great fact is that the Lord saves us from practicing sin. And Jesus can save you too. And he can give you grace to, to cease practicing sin. You can give up your old ways. You can turn from your sin and, and know the victory that we have through this Savior. The Savior saves from the power of sin. I'm sure everyone in this meeting tonight knows the power of sin. It tempts us. It lures us. It blinds us. It controls us. It forces us. It subtly beguiles us. Christ came to destroy sin and make us free from sin. Paul emphatically states, for sin shall not have dominion or power over you.
Christ saves us from its dominion. He puts into our hearts the sanctifying spirit and praise God there's power in Jesus' blood. And Jesus breaks the power of canceled sin and he sets the prisoner free. I think of the many addictions, addictions that have been there for centuries and some perhaps are new addictions, alcohol, cigarettes, vaping as it is now, which is just as bad as cigarettes, lust, foul mouth, gossip, anger, the tongue of malice, all these things. But Jesus saves from the power of sin. He can break every addiction that a man has. He can set you free. I want you to know tonight, there is overcoming power in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll notice it's not in their sins. He doesn't save us in our sins. He saves us from our sins. And there's a great difference. You cannot be saved in your sins. That's like saving a man from drowning by keeping him under the water that is destroying him. No, the Lord saves you from your sin and he gives you power. Then praise God, the Savior saves from the passion of sin. Due to our rebellious, corrupt nature, we love sin. Men love to lie. They love to cheat. They love to gamble. They love to drink. They love to smoke. They love to lust. But in salvation, Christ breaks the unholy passions of man. Charles Wesley expresses it in his hymn that he wrote, Love Divine, All Love's Excelling. It's 386 in our hymn book. But there are those lines, Take away the love of sinning. Alpha and Omega B, end of faith as its beginning, set our hearts at liberty. And Jesus Christ can do that for you tonight. You're a poor sinner in this meeting, and you're in the clutches of sin. I want you to know that the Lord can deliver you from the passion of sin. He can take away the love of sin from your life. And you know, even in the lives of Christians, there are little habits that creep in and little loves of sinful things. Christ can deal with these. He can deliver you from the passion of sin. And then the Savior, He saves us from the presence of sin. To the uttermost, He saves. He saves in every way. One day we will be taken out of this world and we will be brought to the holy place prepared for us in heaven. We will be taken away completely from sin. We will be transported to the upper land, to glory itself, and there will be no sin in heaven, not that the defileth shall ever enter in. And praise God, on that day, we are delivered from the very presence of sin. How blessed and holy are the people of Christ, he doesn't promise to save us from sorrow. We know that only too well. And sorrow comes to our families. He doesn't promise to save us from sickness. And many of the Lord's dear people are sick tonight. And some of the most eminent saints have suffered greatly with bodily disease. He doesn't promise to save us from cross-bearing. We have our crosses to bear in this life. He doesn't promise to save us from conflict. But we are saved 
from sin forevermore. And that is the promise he makes, and that is the guarantee he gives to you and I. I just want to ask you tonight as we come to the end of this meeting, do you know the Savior? Have you experienced the salvation that is found in him alone? For unto you is born a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Came into this world 2,000 years ago, and he came for this great purpose, to take away your sin. And you know, he did that. And he did that by the sacrifice of himself. Because the birth of this little baby in Bethlehem's manger ultimately led to the conclusion of his life at the cross of Calvary, the great purpose for which he came, to die there, to suffer there, to bleed, to pour out his life's blood for our salvation. And I'm asking you tonight, do you know the Savior? Because praise God, you can know him tonight and you can know your sins forgiven. And he can give you the victory again and again. What a wonderful night this would be if you were to come to know the Savior. Many that are sitting in this church building can look back to a time when they were saved by the grace of God, a time when we came to Jesus Christ as we were. We came to this wonderful Savior. We confessed our sins to him by faith. We laid hold upon him, and he saved us from our sin. You can have that experience right now, even just where you're sitting. Will you come to him? Let's pray. Our God and Father, we thank you for this meeting tonight, the opportunity to worship the Lord, to be in your house. We could have been other places, but we're here tonight by divine appointment. Lord, you've brought us to listen to your word that has been sung tonight, that has been preached. And we want to rejoice as we close the service that there is a Savior and men can come to him right now and they'll not be turned away. Lord, you're able to save to the uttermost. Will you reach down your hand of salvation now? Pluck some brand from the burning. Awaken sinners to their need of Christ. And Lord, may this be the night at this Christmas time when we celebrate and rejoice in the coming of the Savior into the world that men and women will come to trust in him and know their sins forgiven and receive everlasting life and the assurance of a home in heaven forevermore. Hear this, our prayer. Answer it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing 2.13 in closing. Was it for me? For me alone the Savior left his glorious throne. The dazzling splendors of the sky, was it for me he came to die? And the answer is, it was for me. Yes, all for me. O love of God, so great, so free. O wondrous love, I'll shout and sing. He died for me, my Lord and King. It was for you tonight that he left his home in heaven to come to this earth. Think about it as we close the meeting with this song. rise to her feet.
certainly want you to feel the salvation of Christ as personal as that tonight that we've been singing. It was for me. It was for me. That's why he came. That's why he left heaven. That's why he went to the cross at Calvary. My friends, he can save you tonight. We want you to know that. What's keeping you back? What's holding you from the Savior? There may be a variety of answers to that, I know. But a sin that keeps us back. It may not be the great sins of the world. It may be, but it may not be. It may just be simply the sin of unbelief and the sin of neglect. Jesus came to save you from sin. And whatever it is, he can break it in your life tonight and he can set you free. Let's pray. Our gracious God, once again, we give thanks for our wonderful Savior who came to take away our sin. And we pray that men and women here tonight without the Lord will find Christ, whom to know is life eternal. We pray that this will be the best Christmas for them ever as they seek the Lord while he may be found. Dismiss us now in your fear and love. Help us to think about these things. Don't let the devil take them away so quickly from our minds. But may the Spirit of God preserve them and keep them there. And may an eternal work be done for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.